Welcome to the Littler Diversity and Inclusion Podcast. Conversations related to the human resource challenges of an ever-evolving workforce. Hello, my name is Asha Santos, and I am a shareholder in the Littler Boston office. Today I'm going to talk about bystander intervention sessions and the value that a bystander intervention session can have for your workplace. And I also want to talk about diversity and inclusion and the value of diversity and inclusion sessions have in today's climate. So many employers routinely offer legally compliant anti-harassment and discrimination trainings. And I think since Me Too and the movement that began in late 2017, there's been a sort of reconsideration of ways to effectively communicate values to workers in a workplace and how to sort of attack workplace culture and make everyone feel like they have a a stake in culture. And I think both bystander intervention sessions and diversity and inclusion are a really good starting point for working with employees to create inclusive culture. So the bystander intervention session really came about in response to Me Too. Around that time in late 2017, many employers saw a big uptick in the number of sex harassment complaints they were receiving both internally and filed with outside agencies and courts. But it was really the statistics around the number of employees who witnessed harassment that was so alarming. Around that time, there was a survey that revealed something like 45% of employees have witnessed harassment. And of that number, only about 42% had actually done something in response, such as report it, intervene, uh, take some sort of action. So that statistic right there sort of communicated that many people in workplaces are, are facing harassment issues as a witness, and they aren't necessarily doing anything. So that's really the concept that has made bystander intervention so popular in the last few years. It's all about empowering each employee to feel like they have a stake in shutting down conduct and creating workplace culture that's respectful. There's a number of different social psychology experiments out of the 1960s that show when we're in a group setting, such as a workplace, it's our natural tendency to just look away and do nothing when faced with unexpected or inappropriate conduct. And there was an experiment where they put headphones on participants and asked them to listen for instructions to operate a switchboard in front of them. And half of the group with the headphones believed they were alone listening for the signal. The other half believed they were one of a group of people with headphones listening for that same signal. And then the experimenter actually came over the headphones and started to enact a medical emergency, slowly started explaining symptoms. My arm is freezing up. And so the people who were in the group setting were much slower to respond. Um, Those people who, who had the headphones on and were alone jumped to their feet and immediately sought medical help. Those people that believed that there were other people listening in on the line waited far longer to respond and some didn't even respond at all. The study, and and there were others like it, uh, really demonstrates what's since been coined the bystander effect, the tendency for people just to not act and to look away when faced with unexpected 
or inappropriate conduct in a group setting. So there's many theories that have been thrown out about, you know, why the bystander effect happens. Is it just a diffusion of responsibility? We're in a group setting and we feel like we have less responsibility to respond. Is it just general self-consciousness about taking a stand? I think in the workplace, the most obvious cause is probably a fear of retaliation. What, what would the cost be to me if I speak up about the harassing employee? So a big part of bystander intervention, aside from sort of walking through practical scenarios and giving tools for how to speak up, is putting a big emphasis on the anti-retaliation policy and the meaningfulness of anti-retaliation to the company. And then ultimately, a good bystander intervention session gives participants practical tools to speak up. The social psych studies have shown that the best way to combat the bystander effect is to instruct individuals to disrupt that tendency and to do something differently. And by giving just one individual that instruction, it can sort of break the silence that sets in and other people will also want to help out and contribute. It has a sort of contagious effect. So a really good bystander intervention session is, is just that. It's an instruction to the people attending that session to speak up, to when witnessing that conduct, don't just look away. And just by sort of communicating that instruction and message, hopefully, you know, it will resonate with enough employees that it becomes a sort of culture-wide phenomenon in the workplace. And so the last part of the bystander intervention session is really about walking through hypos and talking about possible ways that you could respond that would be effective. Some people are very comfortable with confrontation and being direct and shutting down conduct in the moment. Other people might feel like the, the best and most effective way that they can intervene is just by reporting the conduct after the fact. And that's fine too. The point being just that, that all, all participants should come away with tools so that they can contribute to shutting down that conduct. So that's bystander intervention, and I think it's it's been very popular and it's been very successful because it, it's very practical and it sort of moves away from that compliance piece and sort of what are the elements of a legal claim and really gives participants that sense that they have practical tools for shutting down this conduct at that gateway stage before it escalates into a big legal claim. The other session that I wanted to talk about today is diversity and inclusion. Diversity and inclusion sessions have been around for decades, and I think they've taken on even more importance in the past few years for obvious reasons because of our political climate. Many employers at this point ask their employees not to discuss politics because it can lead to charged discussions about race. Race in, in workplaces has become more fraught and a source of tension. So diversity and inclusion sessions are really helpful to sort of give employees a space to talk about race and gender and some of these the other issues that are involved in diversity and inclusion and to make people feel comfortable acknowledging these issues and working through them with coworkers. So I think going into a session, it's important to understand the goal. Do you have a department that is underrepresenting a demographic as compared to the general market? Are there hiring managers who appear biased toward or against a certain group? Or perhaps there's a culture that's set into the workplace where it appears that only a certain type of value is promoted. And so I think diversity and inclusion training can really address those issues in a couple of valuable ways. First, it it gives participants a much broader understanding of diversity so that it's it's not conceptualized as just a race or a gender thing. Um, it's, it's really about every 
aspect that makes a person different, how we express ourselves, what we value, how we process information and learn it, what our comfort level is in certain situations. And when people have a much broader conception of diversity, I think it feels like a less threatening concept to many people when we're talking about how diversity is just is a lot about values. And so I think a really valuable piece of diversity and inclusion training is giving participants a broader understanding of, of diversity. And the second piece is starting with the premise that everyone has biases and really getting at what unconscious biases are, that we all have them. And by reflecting on times in our lives when we may have operated on those biases without thinking, we can sort of see how it can impact our day-to-day -day interactions. There's this great online implicit bias test that can give participants a good sense of what biases they hold. And many people who think they don't have biases do terribly on implicit bias tests. It's usually people who claim not to have bias who in fact have the most biases. And then obviously a good diversity and inclusion session is part of a bigger mission, um, part of a larger strategy around creating and sustaining an inclusive workplace. So that would mean also focusing attention on recruitment efforts, retention initiatives, and, and all of those sorts of things. So for more information about any of these topics, visit littler.com or you could reach out to me and I can give more information on the sessions offered by Littler. Thank you. The purpose of this program is to provide helpful information for employers addressing the latest developments in labor and employment relations. It is not a substitute for experienced legal counsel and does not provide legal advice or attempt to address the numerous factual issues that arise in any employment-related issue. To discover other labor and employment podcast series from Littler, the largest global employment and labor law practice, visit littler.com slash podcasts.